Hello, it is Yusuf, and what you are listening to is Business Principles 101 and 102. These were podcasts originally aired on Modern Wisdom with Chris Williamson, and he's kindly given us the recordings to share with you guys because there is a huge amount of value for you to grow your online fitness business within them. So buckle up, strap in, and enjoy. Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Did so good on the last one. Done gone gonna do it again. Doing another one. Gonna do another one. Was one of our most popular uh, new episodes that we've released in a while. Went down super, super well. And this episode is brought to you by So Right. Uh, if you haven't seen one of these before, Joe Rogan and David Goggins went on about it for ages on their podcast together. And it shut their website down. So there's wow. a business principle for you. Make sure you got enough server space <laughs> that if Joe Rogan and David Goggins start talking about your product, doesn't break. Be ready. Be ready. Um, so it is a SOAS manipulation tool. If you sit down at a desk all day, we are talking business principles. If you talk, sit down at a desk all day, you will have a tight SOAS. I'm right in saying it's the only muscle which actually connects the trunk to the spine. Is that right? Or one of the primary muscles that yeah. does it? Um, so it gets tight when you sit down. That helps to relieve it. We've all got one and we've been using them pretty regularly. It does help when you've been sat cranking out a big long day in the office and to relieve things. So all that you need to do, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening and I'll pick someone to win. Sorry, it's not the only muscle that connects the trunk <laughs> to the spine. It's the only muscle that crosses the pelvis. That connects to the trunk. Yeah. Thank you very much. There we go. Well, so a little bit. I think it's a, it's a filet mignon on a cow. Ah, that's interesting. I think, so you can I eat. Think so you'll have so to if I cook filet you, mignon. If I cook you. you After so using the so right, then it would be more tender. tender. Lovely. It's not load-bearing in a cow, which is why it's so tender. Mm. Interesting. So, uh, business principles, one or two. Yeah. We talked about a lot last time. We talked about like. our sort of genesis stories for business, about um, how we got started, about how useless a university degree is mm. when it comes to running a business. Um, so one of the main questions that we get asked a lot is when someone should make the decision about whether or not to leave their current employment and take the big leap mm, into being self-employed. Yeah, pulling that pin. You started to talk about your decision when you were sat on a couch that I no longer have. I think I'd made the decision. By then, yeah. Um, so it is, it's, yeah. It's like jumping out of a plane and hoping that the parachute cord works. mm People make the decision often either way too prematurely, like, oh, mate, I'm going to start, like, a new tea company. It's going to be sick. <laughs> I've not got any clients yet. It's so accurate. I've <laughs> got no clients, but, like, I'm working. Uh, I'm just going to quit my job. Like, I'm currently working as, like, a management consultant. But anyway, like, I I know that, like, I just need, like, two days 
get my drop shipping sorted, going to sit, and it's like, <laughs> mate, you are eight months away from launch, and you have two weeks of money. No, in the no, bank. it's sick though, because like you know, I, I've got a logo. And my mate's a designer, and he's, <laughs> he's going to make my look. And you're like, oh no, just wait until your your revenue, your profits start to like eclipse your salary, and mm. then it's like, oh, okay. Mm. So, I think one of the cool. Interesting little thought experiments that we've done over the last couple of years, which is a good strategy to do with other people as well. If you hear someone complaining about their job or complaining about their boss or whatever it might be, this is a good strategy to use on them. And we promised that we were going to do it before the last one. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a salary. Now, at home, you can take your own salary and deduct as is appropriate, but we'll have to... Johnny, I'm going to pretend that you are a person in a normal, some normal job. Let's say that your take-home pay per year is twenty thousand pounds. Okay, gross. Take-home net. You live in netland. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's say, let's say, let's say twenty grand. So that's about twelve hundred quid a month, I think. Okay. Received, I believe. Okay. So if, if it's twenty grand gross, do you do you not believe me? If it's twenty grand net, twenty grand gross. Oh, 20 grand gross. Yeah. And that's like a, maybe a just below a starting salary for a graduate scheme, something like that, maybe yeah, 21, I think, 22. I think it's pretty much at a starting salary. Cool. So you've got 20 grand and I'm going to, you are the normal graduate scheme, but let's imagine that you're someone who's a little bit unhappy with the job, thinking about maybe starting up their own thing. I'm going to offer you some concessions at work. So this, this was me. Yep. I'm going to offer you some concessions. Okay. And... I want you to tell me how much of your wage you're going to give me back for the things that I'm offering that you can have. Okay. Oh, am I doing this as me? Uh, as what? you, as you in the role that you right. were at the job that you were at right. at the time right. that you left. <laughs> so you are allowed to wear your own clothes whenever you want. So you don't need to go to work in office dress. How much okay. are you going to give me back? Per month or per year? Per year. Let's take it off the 20. So, yeah, I have trouble fitting into suits. Let's say 100 quid. Across the whole year? Oh, across the whole year? I thought this was monthly. No, so a grand and a half. Oh, no, no, I can't think like that. I can't think like that. Could we monthly? <laughs> £1,200 a year, £100 a month. Oh, but then in gross and net like, Yeah, that's what I mean. Just, I, get, I, I get 1,200 quid a month, and in exchange for, for that 1,200 quid a month, I have to go somewhere and do stuff, dress in a certain way, at a certain time. Okay. So you're saying I have to do all that, but I can go... Pyjamas. Jogging bottoms and T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. How much are you going to get? 100 quid. So 100 quid I've got, quid I've got 1,100 quid left. Okay. Now you can choose your own start time. And you can choose if you want to have weekends off. You can basically ultimate flexi time. Okay. Could get up at 6pm at night and do the shift. So I've got to do 35 hours a week, but as I please. Yes. I can't believe you gave me 100 quid back per month just so you could wait. I know, I, I overhyped that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I've got it now, sorry. Fuck. Because I've, I've boxed myself into a situation here. Yeah. Because soon I'll just have nothing. We can renege on the on 100 quid. Can't so renege. Can... He's given us it. He's already given how much? It. How much? How much? Two hundred quid. Another two hundred. Yeah. For you to be able to flex around. Well, because now, hold on, is location flexed? Still got to go to the place. Still got to go to work. Hundred. Hundred. I would. I should have done fifty for the clothes. Come on, too late. Sorry. So you're at a grand. Just don't fit me. You're at a grand month now. Yeah. Okay. And I'm naked, 
Potentially. Um, coming in whenever I want. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good situation, Dean, would you say? Pretty good situation. For a grand a month. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Um, now, you don't have to interact with anyone at work that you don't want to. No, thank you. It's <laughs> fine. So does that... I'm going to be difficult. Does that mean that, like, a boss comes up to me and goes, you've got to do this? And you they just go, la, 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 la. And they just go... Well, no, but it would be... Black Mirror blocking mm. style. Uh, it would be submitted through someone that you actually liked. Everyone okay. that you so worked doesn't with... doesn't affect be, my workflow. Everyone that you worked with would be someone that you liked. So you're not going to get much for that. Okay. How much am I going to get? Why, why not for that? Just because I think the thing that affects you most is, like, what you're doing. Okay. And, like, most of the stuff that happens is on a screen. Okay, like most so... Most jobs. You can have, have 50 quid for that. 50 quid. Okay, so at 9.50... Uh, now, now you're allowed to work from home. Hello. The thing is, I'm. Oh, <laughs> you can see the accountant in him just being like, "Ah, oh, right." So well, I'm because gonna soon I'm going to have like still a fairly shit situation for like four hundred quid a month. Okay, keep going. Like, well, Come on. Quick. So how much? You, how much are you giving me for working from home? Hundred quid. Another hundred quid. So eight fifty. We're down to now. Seth, so you got any concessions <laughs> that you can think of here that we would be okay. able to tempt him with? So we have flexi time. How about we work have... that I like? No, we're getting onto that. All right, okay. that's, that's the that's the fucking tip of the spear. Oh, I see. That's where it just goes to zero. Yeah, yeah. We have lo- freedom of location. Yeah, we have working with people that you like, which didn't get much interest. Yeah, no, didn't um, really, didn't really. I didn't no, tickle, no, tickle. That. You said I don't have to speak to people that I don't. Like. You don't have to work with people that you don't like. Well, yeah, that, I mean, on the flip side of that, it's working with people that you do like. But those people are there now. There's just also some people that I don't like. Right, but they're not there anymore. So that but they are for me. <laughs> oh no, but I paid for that, didn't I? They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. What did I pay? Fifty quid. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I paid too much for the clothes, Dean. Okay. Too much for the clothes. So the the you're allowed to take the worst twenty percent of tasks that you do Ooh. that provide you with the eighty percent of ball egg, and you can outsource that. So is that reducing my hours? Yeah. So oh, well, no, it would, no, would have no, to, keep, have to keeping not, his hours so, the same. So you, your hours are the same, but you're, you're, what you do day-to-day, what fills those hours is the nicer tasks. You're not so, paying for it? No. Okay, how about, here's this. You're no longer paid based on your hourly wage. Or hourly wage. You're only based on work done. You have an allocation. That's more like it. <laughs> 200 quid. 650. So you're not... You're, I'll just do a morning. Because mm-hmm. you can crack out the work of a that... you can crack out the work of a normal human in in a morning. Yeah. Well, they, easily. so this is assuming that like in a thirty five hour work week, you can do it in less time if you just work harder. You definitely can. You can, <laughs> can. But but then that that would suggest that the initial allocation of work was too low. It suggests so, that. Well, I think in some, in some it's not it's as as in your job. You when you completed work, you just you got given more. more. But mm. we were equalising for hours on the previous question. <laughs> yeah, and but I'm that's just, why we yeah. were said no. He said no, so I've renegotiated. You have people react to incentives. So if your incentive is I have some work to do, but I have to say till five o'clock, are you going to work fast or not or exactly. slow you, or medium? You are slow down. You'll just pace it out, won't you? Mm. Well, there's no reason to rush. Because you've got to do Monday to Friday, you've got to do nine to five. Yeah. Someone says to you, "If I finish my work too quickly, scone, you can go home in midday if you just do it all." What happens to scone? Well, the concern so is then that you rush so much that your work gets done at a lower quality, isn't it? As long as it's at a quality that's enough. 
So we're so now at the six. Moment, at the moment, I'm working a morning. Mm-hmm. I'm naked. In fact, no, I can work whenever I want. I mean, I'll do 4am <laughs> till 8am. I'm going to do all my work for the week naked in the office before anyone gets in. And you don't have to speak to anyone. You, you work from home? You're working from home? Am I? Have we done that one? <laughs> Have we said we can work that? from home? Yeah, I bought, I bought that. You paid for it, yeah. Wow. Paid so for I'm it. getting 600 quid for a couple of hours work on a Monday morning naked at home. Yep. Sounds all right. Sounds, sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty like my life. So my point is, and we could take this all the way up, I could say, how much would it be to exchange the um, job that you're doing for something which you have full, complete creative control over? How much would it be for me to get you to um, be able to have your wage grow in line with the value that you create for the business that you are working in? Mm. Keep on chugging away. You and I've managed... You're adding value, like you, you feel satisfaction from what you do. So you can imagine, if, you, if you're listening at home, like think about this in your own head. Think about how many concessions you could make with all of this sort of stuff. I've managed to sit around a dinner table and get someone to pay me to come to his job. Mm. Like, hated his job a lot more than you did, and you weren't a massive fan, mm. um, but was just so keen to get out of the office, get away from the people he didn't like, not have to wear the shit suits, not have to fucking blah, 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 all that sort of bollocks. Mm. Um, he was paying me to go to his job. <laughs> You're like, how much do you need to hate your job mm. to pay someone to not have to do it anymore? It's... I think the, um, so someone messaged me about accountancy after the last episode Mm -hmm. and there's something that he said in the message, which resonated with me. And I think this is probably the case. Anyone who like doesn't like their job, we need to go into box A, box B stuff at some point. Mm -hmm. But I think people think they start a job, they're like 19, fresh out, how old are you? 21. Or fresh out of school, fresh out of uni. And they're like, oh, it's a bit crap, but it'll probably get better. And then like 20 years later, it's no not better. got better <laughs> because of course it isn't going to get better. Like at, at 21, everything is completely novel. Everything's brand new. It's the first time you've done everything. People are really not expecting very much from you. You get to go home at five o'clock and you've like, got your health. You've got no commitments. <laughs> you've got no dependence financially. Yeah. Usually your parents are in good health. Like yeah. you're in, you might be in a relationship or you might, you know, be the dark specter of mortality. hasn't started to yeah. hang over yeah. you yet. The side. But I suppose like, you maybe aren't adding much value. It isn't feeling that rewarding at that point, but I definitely felt I joined and felt like this, like this wasn't really what I was expecting. Waited and hoped it would get better and it didn't really. And also something else for me was I, I could see because of the way the job I did worked, I could see people who were like five, six, seven years down the line. And I'm looking at them going like, that's, that was the big one for me looking at my seniors and saying, they are miserable, mm. tired. They look old for their age, mm. and and they just moan. They just moan mm. about it. And I'm like, if they if they'd all been like going home at three o'clock in their Aventador to a <laughs> you know a mansion in the in the hills, I'd be like, fine. You know, like at least like we're all on the same page here. Like it's a bit shit, but look what happens in you know because the salary but, progress is like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, yeah. So you could see that, and I think people hold on to something because they always think oh, well, it'll turn around, it'll get better, it'll get better. And then before you know it, you're 50 and it's all too late. In a typical job, you're totally right. You you have the ability to see your future years within that company ahead of you Mm. and it's your boss and your boss's boss. Yeah. And so on and so forth. And sometimes, like some people will think, like, I'm really jealous of my boss. And definitely, like, the boss of most companies are doing all right. Mm. But, you know, 
most organizations are also like that. They aren't like that. Yeah. Like everybody doesn't become the boss <laughs> in the top salary. So like by definition, there's, an, there's a process of elimination. So that's when the thought process for me came in of like, well, all right, there's at some point it's going to be me versus him in an interview. And I just want to go home at five o'clock and he loves staying till eight. Who's going to win the interview? Mm. So then that, so that all the questions you're asking me, like what I actually think is the best the number one reason to leave is if you just do something that you like doing, then you don't really think about, like, I don't care about any of that stuff, really. Like, I don't really care about now how many hours I'm working mm-hmm. or, I, I mean, I'm aware of it. I mean, you have but, had to create automatic structures on your laptop to stop you from working. Yeah. You, you have an <laughs> app on your laptop which shuts it down at five o'clock, no matter what you're doing, if you're in the middle of an email or yeah, sending yeah. out an SOS call because you've been hit by a car, mm. like there is a thing that stops your laptop because, from working. Because that's, you know, that's what normal people do and I have to try and be normal sometimes. Yeah. Like we have conversations with girlfriends where it's like, you're on holiday and you're like, please, please, can I just have a couple of hours to work in the morning? Oh, yeah. I, 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 had, a, I had a difficult negotiation of like, right, we're going away for four days it is longer than I can tolerate without work I'm gonna have to I'll, I'll get up early I'm gonna have to do five to six hours in the mornings and it's like what no that's ridiculous yes I know but here we are but I'm sorry about me yeah sorry sorry for being me but yeah so like you don't I there's a there was a, a palpable shift for me from like I'm here I'm resenting it I want to go home I want to be let out of this mm. to like actually I don't mind like if I'm work, watching something like Love Islands on in the background, I'm like, you know, yeah, quick bit of work. Quick so, 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 okay. So, someone, someone might be unhappy in their job. Um, what are some of the real key triggers that you think people need to be looking out for? Because unfortunately, this is one area of business slash careers which I'm wholly unqualified to talk about because I've never, except for a summer at the AA. <laughs> had a job. <laughs> Summer of the AA? As it was like on the call. Uh, on the you were like driving the truck. No, 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 no. I did not know about this. I'd, it was, you'd have, you'd have known me at the time, but I just, did, I did calling during my placement, yeah. Right. I was like, oh, I need some extra cash. So I went and did that for four months. Didn't like it. I'm guessing. You're not going to be like, oh, I loved it. Oh, <laughs> class? Uh, no. Okay. Interesting. So, number one behaviour, pacifying behaviour. So, self-medication when the 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 existential pain starts to bear so much on your shoulders that you're like i'm gonna just blast myself on friday to sunday get absolutely with all sorts with with all sorts (laughs) um i'm just going to ingest things yeah yeah in a desperate hope that it's going to make this job feel less it's exactly that yeah it's like ingest things so like looking for inane types of media to consume, putting calorie, very calorie dense things in your mouth. Um, cream. Cre- putting cream in your mouth. Just one form of medication after another. Putting, yeah. yeah. Like lots of. I, I joke about the cream, but people do like overconsume alcohol, like get a takeaway on a Friday night because it's Friday. Mm. Like, you know, I will have a special breakfast on Saturday because it's Saturday. And they're like, they're creating this like perfect world over a weekend. It's like it's because binge behavior is so unpleasant, and it's, it's, uh, this is different to work hard, play hard. I don't think it's the same. I think um, work hard, play hard is like 
have to find time boxes for when you do productive deep work and have mm. times where you're relaxing fully. Mm. That's not the same as spending Friday to Sunday semi-conscious and then rolling into Monday. Work hard, drink like, hard. Oh, here we go again. It's, I suppose it's like <laughs> the, living, the living for the weekend thing, isn't it? Like if you really, like, you know, when people like post everything on Instagram being like, oh, hump day and all the shit about like, oh, it's Wednesday or halfway through the shit. Mm-hmm. Closer to one, you know, closer to Friday when I can go out and get drunk and forget about Monday to Friday. I don't mean to judge people that do this, by the way. Like, this is definitely an experience that we've we've been through ourselves and done this. And I just think, really, it's a red flag. It's just a warning sign, isn't it's, it? Yeah. yeah. And if like you're doing my it, knee hits. Like, oh right. Okay. What, so what have you been doing with your knee? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not. Yeah. You t- you are you are totally right. Like people should be allowed to enjoy themselves on a weekend, but if that enjoyment is medication. Or if that enjoyment on a weekend is done to um, excess, well, if if it's done in an effort to be like an anaesthetic for what's going on in the week, yeah. So like, mm. there's one thing like going out on a Friday with your mates because you love going out on Friday with your mates and actually like you really like your life or otherwise. Versus, I really need a drink because it's Friday because my boss is a cunt or yeah. because I have to wear a suit every day yeah. or I have to get up and go to work at this time or do work which isn't creative or all other things that you gave me. 600 of uh, 550 pounds back from yeah there. yeah well now i'm winning um but yeah so anything to try and like avoid the monday to friday reality mm. so um, that's 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 a warning sign what else i think just not like it's hard because i think it's really easy when we we both had like a something to go and do so I think part, your passion part of the reason why I was so like anti it was I knew I was very aware of an alternative of like how interested I was in that mm. and like the possibility where it might go. That's interesting so, because if that wasn't there, there'd be one of two things would happen. Either you would feel like you'd lost your mojo and be like turning up for work and you're like, this is meant to be my ultimate purpose in life. And I really don't feel like it matches mm. with my, with, with some vague sense of my inner purpose or you invest all of that desire for purpose into something like a vicarious enjoyment or something else. So like going like, and again, I was going to say like, like, like like investing it all into um, a dog or a football team or something that like, it becomes the surrogate for all of your um, meaning in your life. And that unactualized passion. Yeah. I think some, because I've often wondered child. If, if propane didn't exist, would I have just like learned to love accounting? Like maybe I would. I think that I'm convinced that that's what some people do. I think you could, ha- if, if propane didn't exist and you were on the track that you were in, I think you would have gone into a, an adjacent field that still allowed you to leverage your... To express other things. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the in the sober probably end up working for like a, a, a social media marketing yeah for, probably um, yeah. startup or something doing, still just doing spreadsheets. <laughs> da, Dan Gibson has a really he just sees the world as like everyone's just doing spreadsheets. Like it doesn't matter what they're doing. It's true. It's all just spreadsheets. Like every graduate scheme. We we run a fitness business. Mostly on spreadsheets. spreadsheets. You run club promo. Let me tell you, Dan. My business has got nothing to do with <laughs> I've seen your spreadsheets. Yeah. It's just that you don't do much with them. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> um, one thing that I can think, again, another warning flag potentially for someone who's thinking about their career, is how hard is it to get yourself out of bed in the morning when you've got work? Yeah. 
Like if you really, really have to fucking force yourself out of bed and you're two coffees deep by the time that you get into the office and you, it just doesn't light a fire. Mm. Like we did an episode um, for what the name of this podcast was before it was called Modern Wisdom that has never been aired um, on purpose and meaning. It took two hours. But one thing that came out of that that I don't forget is the best synopsis of what is purpose in life is a reason to get out of bed in the morning. It's like it's a the, good metric. the coolest way, just the roughest hewn way to work out what purpose is. Oh, I'm getting out of bed in the morning for something. I remember Becca saying, um, after I quit and was doing this, she, like, I was just whistling one morning. Like, I was, like, drinking my coffee, like, getting ready, putting my own clothes on, um, <laughs> whistling. And she was, like, she, like, stopped and, lo- and looked at me and, like, are you being, like, are you taking the piss? And I was, like, what do you mean? <laughs> Because, like, building up to that, like, every morning was, like... In fact, I think I even used That's to really sing nice. a song, which was, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to work. <laughs> oh, God. If you are singing a song, which is called, I don't want to go to work, I think that that's a good but, indication. But, I, yeah. That's, so, that's so I, lovely, because cause the, the fact that the question was even, like, are you taking the piss? It was so unusual. That yeah. you were, yeah. like, so yeah. Yeah. sarcastic so stopped, about your life. It stops becoming work, but... Oh, I'm moving on too quickly. Do you not think that? Do you not think the reason that you got asked about that is that whistling is so caricaturistically hi ho, hi ho, it's off to work we go. Like it's just it's almost as if you're like, oh, what, what? You're going to have to go and work for your boss. Put your suit on, peasant. I'm just going to lie here with my cock out. Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. I've paid two hundred pounds a month. Privilege. You've got no idea how much it cost me to get to this position <laughs> to, to be able to whistle in the morning. <laughs> um, but yeah, so escapist behaviour, um, not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. Sense of mojo lost, vicarious enjoyment of putting your meaning into something. And the stuff I said before as well, like you, you just don't like it. Like you don't feel excited. You don't feel because um, th- there will be people who work a nine to five job. I assume who love it who feel like they're valued, who feel like they add a lot, who feel like they're really good at it. So this is my next... a lot of independence. This is my next question, which is, you can be unhappy in your job, and many people are. I think the statistic is that uh, 85% of people in the US are either... Neutral or... Neutral or actively uh, dissatisfied. Mm. Um, as actively unengaged, as opposed to uh, actively engaged. 15% of people in the US, that's it. So the only, uh, the, the option for you is not only to go work for yourself though. Absolutely. You can yeah. move to another bureaucratic organization. You can move to a startup. You can move to other things. So the next question is, okay, we've worked out that someone, if you're not unhappy in your job, then like fantastic. Listen and enjoy the remainder of these episodes. Use them to supplement your understanding of the business world, but you don't need to think about how they're going to apply to what you're doing. Mm. Stick at what you do and become better and move up within that organization. Whereas next little route down the thought tree is I'm unhappy. Should I work for myself or should I move to another company and work for someone else? How so, do we, how do we work that out? On that note, there's a very, so you, this, this thought experiment you did where you take away certain mm-hmm. things you know Juju Mufu, mm-hmm. the the guy, the like now very famous and and rich ac- uh, acrobat. He initially set out set up his life 
in the way that you described to start with, which was that he had a job that was like 10 till four. And he was, I think it was like bookkeeping or like admin stuff that was quite cognitively easy. It allowed him a two hour lunch break, flexible time. And he set it up so that he was able to do as much like dancing around in the grass as possible and training and just enjoying his life and didn't care about like, um, up, what was it called? Upward mobility. upward mobility or anything like that. He was just like happy to just turn up, do the job and, and set up his life so that his job was low stress and low cognitive load. Incidentally, he ended up <laughs> becoming very, Doing really well. Yeah. Um, so that, that, the people that I come into contact with who love their job usually are doing it because of the salary. And I think a lot of the people that I've spoken to were like people who are like in one of our programs who are leaving their job. It's they, they started it because of like the gross annual salary. So I think certainly the world I was in, like there's a lot of talk about, you know, people are leaving that accountancy firm to go into industry. And all people talk about is the annual gross number. Because at and the then, end of the day, it's just... But you're not taking so, home. Because well, it's it, getting chipped into, like, a motherfucker. Home, but, like, no one ever talks about the hourly net pay, which really is... Because you don't get hours back, but money renews monthly. So every month, someone puts money into your bank and says, I'd like all these hours, please. But no one thinks about that. They think, like, but it's 55 grand instead of 50. Yeah. So mm. the... What was the point off the back of that? Judy Mufu working in a job that allowed him. Oh, yeah. So, like, do, so you're in this position, you don't like your job. What do you do? I would say, do you have anything in your job now that you are much better than your peers at? So, I think a lot of people have like a skill that they might be like outstanding at, for example, that's a specific skill. And you think, well, could I go and just do that somewhere else, for example? And maybe not chase the number but instead just chase the interest. Mm. And this is, I mentioned this in the last podcast about what Alan Watts speaks about. Like if you are genuinely really good at something, firstly, you'll enjoy doing it because you'll feel competent. Mm. You'll feel like you're adding value. And if you're very good at it, chances are you'll be able to command a good salary or a good fee or whatever. So that may then manifest in a business or you may need that skill may be required in another business. So like people who are like interested in photography, for example, who might be exceptionally good at that, might go and do that for another business or go do it for themselves or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I think the decision to like set up your own business has there has to be a desire to want to do that. I think that if that if there's not a natural like I really want to do that, mm-hmm. then I think it's probably a bad idea. Is it not probably as well if your particular passion or whatever it is that you have this pull towards doing for a profession mm. can't be facilitated by somebody else. Yeah. So yeah. with me, I couldn't go work for it. I couldn't go work for yeah. another promo company running these events in these clubs because they didn't exist. Yeah. And we were the same. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think that, that probably comes from pursuing an interest rather than a mm. salary. Mm. Um, and if it, turns out financially successful that's kind of a side benefit yeah on a a point about the salary thing my flatmate at university went out of uni and went straight into so he did it this was 13 years ago 12 years ago so it would have been before placement years were quite as ubiquitous as they are now that pretty much everyone that i know either does a gap year where they'll go traveling or does a placement year in industry or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be especially in business-related degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 21 years old, out of university, wet behind the ears, had lived at boarding school throughout all of, like, 13 to 18 as well, 
So just being completely insulated for all this time, well-rounded guy, went straight out of university, straight into the Aldi graduate scheme. Oh, yeah. Which is 60 grand a year with a free Audi. Yeah. Um, but no one told him 70 hours a week and he'd be travelling all over the northeast. Yeah, I remember I, I knew a few people who... It, it wasn't Aldi. I think it was maybe Tesco did a similar one. But the Aldi was the one that everyone spoke about was mm. being like... Because the salary was The good. mental salary. Yeah, see, I, I remember that as well. Like, yeah. Thinking like, ooh, Aldi's... But people got sent to like Bradford for six months, no warning. <laughs> and you're like, all right, you just... You know, the, you know what the like um, on-ramping process was for that? You had to spend the first two days as a checkout assistant. You have to work your way up from the bottom day. Yeah, but you just Smart, do it at yeah. like an unbelievably accelerated yeah. rate. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you move through someone's career of just 15 years yeah. in the space of like two months. Yeah. That's quite clever, actually. It it's cool. You, you get cool. the full yeah. stack um, experience. We said it on Business Principles 101, you need to understand everything from the ground floor. From up. the so technician that, to the manager. That makes sense. But I mean, so this guy was in OTC, so he's an officer training core. He's a hard guy, like fucking could stick stuff out, was happy. And he was, you know, 21 years old with 60 grand a year coming in and a Audi A4 parked outside. Mm. Lasted six months. Yeah. Lasted for as long as his probation was through so that it didn't look like he quit the first hurdle. Gone. Mm-hmm. So when you when that sort of thing isn't right for you, it's interesting. One question that comes to mind at the moment, do you think that there is a job out there for everybody to, like a job that someone loves out there for everybody? Probably not. I'd agree. Yeah. I think that there's this like, you know, you can, you can get paid for your passion and everybody can can just monetize what they love, man. Mm. And it's like, I still fucking need my street cleaned. I still fucking need... Like- <coughs> That's a different question. That's, yeah. is there a person for every job versus is there a job for every person? And I think the, the problem is that everyone wants to be an Instagram influencer juice plus coach. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not. But the, the, there's vast demand for certain jobs and there's very little. So, like, we know someone who very cleverly, um, so he's a smart guy, had an option to go into investment banking or corporate jobs and instead said, I'm going to go into construction because I have this level of interest and drive in something that I know that if I were to apply it to investment banking, I would be in a in a sea of extreme competition and not get anywhere Mm. whereas if i enter more of a blue ocean and really pound it in the construction management sector Ah, so he saw a weak weak competition professionally in a particular sector so it's really then like if you're willing to do a job that is kind of boring or unsexy like so i know someone else who runs a portaloo business and he's doing really well Hmm. because like it's not a sexy you know but he doesn't care that's still kind of hunting for the for the paycheck though isn't it like that I suppose it is all just about, so it's kind of the, it's the Mark Manson sort of, not giving a fuck. It's like, it's what you're willing to tolerate. So you know, there's a part in that book where he talks about like the, the person who loves the nine to five job is the person who is all right with the shit things about the nine to five job. The person who's good as an entrepreneur is the person who's all right with the fact that like next month, you might, you might make no money. You might make no money. Ne- you know, next month, oh. in six months, you might be out of business. I like that because because there's, there's no value judgments applied to either one. It's like what is your tolerance for uncertainty or for yeah you know security. So that's the that's the next literally the next question. Like the what we're talking about is should I work for myself? Choosing the role, the relative benefit versus risk or downsides 
I've just seen the last line. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I said to Yusuf that I had a special question for him. Right. He's, oh, he's no, really no, I'll do it now. I'll we'll do it now. It. I'll do it now. Oh. So I wanted to ask Yusuf about specific Arabic approaches to business because Yusuf is mining Johnny's window into the Arab world. And I just wondered if you have any family members or any uh, any friends that are Arab mm-hmm. who sell batteries have a particular approach to business, and if you had anything, I, I mean, signature to do with their style, to do with Arab business style. I mean, my my Arab family still believe that homosexuality is a is a is a disease that is spread through advertising on the internet. Oh my God. And so, so like. Is this the 1660s? <laughs> but um, Arab, so you're going to have to elucidate on Arab business principles. Arab approaches to business. Arab approaches to... <laughs> I'm sure there was a module at uni where you could study, like, because haven't they got different oh, do, do you mean banking like, rules? Yeah, do, no, no, so do I don't mean, mean, I mean, oh, I right. mean cultural, uh, cultural approaches to... Not, not Islamic finance principles, because that, that is, that is a very, that's a thing in itself. Oh, I, right, I, so I wrote a dissertation on that. Oh, right, that's, that's what I'm, yeah. yeah, right, okay. No, not that. I mean... <laughs> so, so, so no, not the thing that I know loads about. <laughs> no, just, I mean... The thing that he doesn't know anything about, but you would like him to. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. What, like, if you, if you made, if you made your brother run a business. Okay. Or your sister. See, yeah, that's it. Right. So, there's, so my, my brother has done business in Egypt and they're very much about like, oh, come in, Habibi, we will do a big deal with you again. Like <laughs> making big promises and not actually delivering on them. Or Is that just part and part? What happens when they don't deliver and you go back and you say, Everyone's on, just late and kind of, this is, this is Egypt. But also um, there is more of a sense of like, Maybe it's a political climate, but the, there's a, there's a situation where like entrepreneurial characters will f- create jobs for themselves out of um, exploitation. So like you'll have people who are employed by malls to open automatic doors for people. So the automatic doors there, look at as you walk in. Past, You're fucking kidding! Like just because they have to fill up their numbers, like so that the mall has to like set a certain number of employees for their thing. So there's a man oh who God. waves at the sensor. Yeah, for so a fee. They, for people, like, well, they're, they're like, getting tipped. Wants a tip, yeah. But then there are Gosh. other people who will just create their own. So that in the street, they might like you'll be parking, and they'll like stand behind you and be like, "Yeah, yeah, oh, fine." Come on. And you'll be like, "I don't need your help. I'm I'm fine." And and then. Basically, they're blackmailing you because if you leave and you don't tip them, they can you know, Yeah. Well, it's a dysfunctional, all that stuff. It's the same. And I am around these guys all the time and they're lovely. I just wish that they would go and work behind the bar, toilet attendants in nightclubs. Oh uh, okay. So, the, similar approach. I just, I'd you, like, you don't get your car key. I want to get my own paper towel, I want to put the soap on my own hands. Like, I don't want to feel guilty every time that I go to the bathroom. When I work in clubs, like... If I were doing what they do, I would invest, like, the first week's wages, or however, however long it takes, and I would buy an iZettle contactless point of payment. Uh, because, like... And they say, how much do you want it? I'm so, not sure that all of these guys are running... Legit. The it, doesn't, it doesn't matter about that. I know what you're saying, but, like, how many people have a couple of quid... How many people have a contactless card or an, or an iPhone? Or... So this is a I just think they get more, even if they, even if it's now taxed. Mm. 
God forbid. No, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Okay. This, this is a controversial point, though. Like, I've, oh, I've, I see what you mean. I've heard someone describing um, <laughs> homeless people as trading in guilt. Or trading, I was in a blog post. That uh, trading in shame. It mm. was it was an old coach that I had that said that. And I was like, it took me a while to kind of get around what he was saying. But I suppose, like, ho- homeless people, I don't think they are trading in shame. I think they, they have no choice. But the people in the... Um, the Toilet t- attendants. Yeah. That, you're right, the social cost of leaving is like, well, he did get the paper towel for me, even though I didn't want him to. Mm. It's, it's imposing a service on you. Or like in America, have you been to New York? Yeah. Where you get people who go, like, yo, you like rap music and you can buy my CD. And you're like, no, no, no. And so it's like. So it's homeless people in America do this a lot. I've just come back from America. Um, and when when someone has no other option is when I'm like, well, oh, come on, like, get your hustle on. Like, I'm sweet. As long as it's not stealing, as long mm. as it's not illegal. Like, if you can make some cash, then fantastic. But when we were in a soft top car and guys would come up with like their dirty rag t-shirt and be like hey man you want your car washed i'm like man i'm no. a fucking red light how how washed are you going to be able to get the car in the next 15 seconds yeah with that t-shirt no that i've just seen you take off oh. there's like, an important business principle behind that isn't there which is don't force something on the market when there's no demand for it don't force a shit service in the market that doesn't want yeah like you, you it's it's not for you to decide what the market should should have and should want it's mm. like you look for the demand and you redirect it to your service because you offer a better option than There was a better in Vegas that was just standing there going, does anybody have any money for hookers and cocaine? <laughs> and I, like, I've never felt more of a pulling to just go like, because he made me, he made me laugh and I thought like... So he's redirected the, the demand of like... The oh, balls that's... on that guy to just like, this is what I'm going to do with the money, can I, can I have some money? And he looked like, from his little collection, looked like he was doing all right. We heard George Carlin address that where he's like when people say like oh uh, maybe you see a homeless guy and they're like oh i'm not giving him any money he's just going to spend it on cigarettes and alcohol it's like well that's what i'm going to spend it on (laughs) and what else do you think he's going to spend it on like he's not going to go buy some real estate is he so like that was a point that rory sutherland made about the fact that if you give money to people in small amounts they will buy immediately gratifying things because in small increments money can only give you small amounts of happiness. And conversely, people think, don't give um, people from low incomes like all of their year's allowance of dip, like um, payments in one go because they're just going to spunk it all and do whatever. But the converse is actually shown to be true. Uh, that If you okay. give someone £100 every week, that they'll just keep on buying mm. fags. But if you give someone £5,200... They'll actually think, oh my God, I've got £5,200. Look at all of the things I can do with this £5,200. That's yeah. so interesting. I should save some. I should. Yeah, yeah, I can invest some. I can buy, oh, yeah. I should buy a bike and then I can get to They're work and then I can have facts. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to, <laughs> yeah. what can you do with 100 quid a week? Like, get yourself pissed and have a, have a tab. Loads of wine gums. Wine gums. <laughs> Is that what you do? And fudge. Oh, a bit of fudge. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Arabic approaches to business we've got the fact that they're a bit like forthcoming and everyone kind of uh, plays the big man anything else any other sort of signature playing the big man over promising under delivering mm-hmm. um, it's very macho kind of not wanting to lose face and being very kind of like a quite chest beaty 
Um, is everyone does everyone wear shirts I'm, that are open down to the stern? I mean, I'm I'm massively generalising, but like <laughs> that's, that's the yeah. point. That's what we're yeah. trying to do here. Um, I imagine very hard negotiations, shouting, uh, very passionate. But but then again, like Dax wax, but like and brill cream. Then again, like you know, all Arab countries are countries that operate functionally and have a full spectrum of business people. <laughs> so so there are there are very you know sensible, quiet business people that work for kind of. Mm. Look, what we want to hear about Chris wants you to we're, pretend that they're, they're all just stories. like Cuban drug dealers that yeah. are just yes. like because that's what they're like aren't they aren't they that's what I thought thank you Great. right <laughs> getting right. back to whether or not we should work for ourselves um, so relative uh, benefit versus risk um, we just touched on it there I think personal preference and actual approach to risk is a big part of this like can you deal with potentially going for two months or three months without earning any money. Yeah. That's both a financial question and a psychological question. Mm. Like, are you able to take the concern of, fuck, I might make no money this month. Mm. And then I might not make any money next month, despite having and, done and 40 hours a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's why I could never be a trader. Can't be yeah. a trader. Oh, every time I try and trade, message. every time that I try and trade, can't do it. So, so this is a like yeah a case of what's your threshold because trade even full time traders say don't trade for income trade for wealth creation wealth like growth of capital but have a separate income because if you're reliant and your monthly paycheck is dependent on your profits from trading day to day and you're watching that that horribly the, the stressful red, the red graph, candlestick oh it's the same reason disgusting. why surgeons aren't allowed to operate on family members is that is that true. I imagine so, yeah. Because like, you just can't see, the, can't see the wood for the trees, can you? You're just panicking. So, like, yeah. buy or sell or do something stupid. If but, I was a full-time trader, my anus... Long Nike my Adidas. My anus would be <laughs> constantly... Blackberry. Pulsating. Ubisoft. <laughs> the, boys, the boys are laughing because <laughs> the couple of forays I have made into trading have been... Things you like. Bro trading. <laughs> Chris, so you did really well. Like, I did do really you well. You did really, really well. I like, I, like the co- I like the trailer for the new Call of Duty f- uh, game, so I bought some Activision. And so that's a up. really smart play, and I bet it worked out really well. It went up. There you go. Like all these people looking at like GDP forecasts, and you're just like, well, Call of Duty comes out in a month, so all these traders are going to miss that. <laughs> Anton, come and talk to him. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What else? What What are some of the other things that people need to consider? So oh. we're t- we're talking about a sideways move from your current job, which you hate, mm. into potentially another job, or then perhaps working for yourself. So, because even sorry to interject, even if you have a passion that you like and you can monetize and do all the rest of it, mm-hmm. if psychologically your profile doesn't allow you to not uh, to have self directed work and not have a boss who's laying out your structure for you, mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult. Maybe you could get a PA who could try and structure your week, perhaps, or something or like, like that. that. That guy who paid a PA, paid someone to slap him every time he went off task. Have you heard about this? No. <laughs> I thought like the ultimate Pomodoro discipline. Yeah, I, I, thought, no, no. I thought one of you sent this article to me. Is it a guy who paid someone to just sit in a cafe and watch him work and slap him whenever he like changed tab or changed app or anything? And he said he didn't get slapped that's once. That's worth every penny. Yeah, he, he, that's what he said. Yeah. He was like, it was the most productive. So he only paid, he paid per slap, or did he pay per hour? Per hour. 
That's like playing for clicks or impressions, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> However, Bastard. I think that's, that's what you said there about the sideways move is really inter- really interesting point because the first decision is, should I work for myself or should I not? Can I tolerate the uncertainty of income? And then secondly, like there is probably a lot of benefit, a lot of advantage to working for like a small startup of like five people or 10 people. George is doing that. Yeah, so George is doing that. You're exposing yourself to a huge potential upside mm. um, with like maybe even a, if you can get like a share in the company or whatever. George did that. But also, um, Talking about George. the sideways move, like if you're going to, so like we were saying with Johnny, like going from accounting to something that you can still leverage those skills, but in a different, at least go into the right sector, like go into something that you, is yeah. slightly more aligned with what you want to do. Was there a moment when you were like, right, this is it. I'm out of here. Uh, apart from obviously that moment was technically when you sent the, when you sent the message that said, I'm leaving. It's not, you don't send a message, you go into an A to Z menu, go to R, click resign, fill the form in, then press yes. Wow. You know, when you just feel like they're going, no, 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 please don't go, please don't go. Mm. Was there a, for this decision has permanent consequences? It felt very final. Was yeah. it a cancellation funnel? No, there wasn't actually. Really? No, there was nothing there. No objection handling. No, no. <laughs> um, by that point. Was, it, was it too expensive? Was like, it, are you sure? And then the, are you sure button was in the opposite colour to yeah, the one that you right. think it is. It's, it's green, 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 green. Are you sure you want to resign? No. Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> dark patterns. Um, I remember filling out the form. Becca was in the shower and I was like, I better, oh, fucking hell, like, press, like, hovering over resign. I was like, she goes, am I definitely going to do this? She was like, yeah, well, I'm like, <laughs> thanks, Becca. Oh, and then you're like, this is the, mo- the immediate moment of like, what have I done? And then you're like, oh, actually, this is exciting. Started whistling. But it was... <laughs> Immediately. Know, but the... I tried... Before I left, I tried to do something within uh, the firm that was, like, a bit more in line with what I found interesting. So it was, like, they were looking at bringing in you know, loads of new, um, like, AI and smart technology and stuff. And they were looking for a team of people to, like, front that. And uh, I got offered the role to do it, to be on that team. I had to go down to London and, like you get to see the Canary Wharf office and it is like super like, you're like fucking hell, this is awesome. This is cool. Yeah. Um, got, got offered that and then told my like line manager, this is what I'm going to do. And she was like, oh yeah, cool. But like, you're doing it on top of your audit work. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> so, and I literally thought at that moment, like well, I'm quitting. Done. Wow. Didn't say it to her, but, and then would, she, I then spoke to her on the phone and I said like, would they be able would, to enforce that? Like if if you just said no, like they want me, I, I can no because it's all under the same. Uh, there is there is a call that they do um, where they say like, what are you going to do? Like we can talk about matching salary and all that sort of stuff. Like you know who where are you going to work? It's like I'm actually I'm going to going home to sit in my pajamas. I'm going to start and try and grow an online fitness business. And she was just like, all right, well I can't I can't compete with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was yours? You said very very similar. Um, it was like send the, send the boss and it. So it was throughout the year having to keep it completely under wraps that I'm applying to med school because um, it obviously it would be the end of the job because you were on like a training program where they're investing a lot in you. Um, even flatmates didn't know. Family didn't really know. I think Johnny knew towards the end. Fuck me. So you'd um, gone so like, like full yeah, Egyptian ops, secret yeah, service. Black ops bodybuilding oh, project. Stealth mode. And like <laughs> preparing for this entrance exam, which was like, Every day after work, four hours, weekends, just all all waking time, just pounding it through the whole whole time. Um, and then when I passed it, I was like, 
right, I've got like three weeks to to give in my notice and then to get set up. So I sent the boss an email as soon as I got the result. Can I have a chat with you on Monday? Met up on Monday. We sat down in the little room. She was like, so you're quitting, yeah? Like joking. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're, you're not, not kidding. Okay. Uh, what are you, what are you going to do? I was like, um, you're going to go study medicine. She was like, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say you want to work for Goldman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't compete with this, so I, good luck, but you must specialise. Okay? <laughs> Don't be GP. Your GP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there a moment when you knew that you wanted to not do BlackRock and to go and do... Uh, Quite play? early on in BlackRock. Okay. Because... So I'm just trying to find that the identifier, the yeah. Yeah, so first of all, it's like you go to New York, you see the intense passion that everyone has for the job. Like they send you for a month in New York and you have to do like a bunch of um, induction stuff. And you see people there who are just all like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, super like masters in various financial sciences and really just so passionate about the stuff. I fucking love it. They, they absolutely get such a stiffy over it. And like people, like they'll have high, high powered execs from different um, parts of the company coming in and they're, they're like bursting for these questions. Like, oh, what do you think about like um, potassium exports in Kazakhstan? You <laughs> and, and, like, and you're like, oh man. You're like, like, mate, do you think I'm a fucking prick? <laughs> do you think I'm a fucking prick? <laughs> and then you, you're chatting to them you know, over breakfast. You're like, oh, this is a nice breakfast. And they're like, yeah, so... Uh, what do you think about uh, fixed income in Europe? I'm, I'm really interested in bond pricing. <laughs> and, and so you just think like, you can't maintain this. And then once you get back, you look at the the progression, the people who are 10 years ahead of you, and you think, I don't want, like, th- this is the, the direction that you set on. You don't want to be that person, or you don't want to, like, nothing about this whole path is attractive. You, you didn't want to be that person right then. Yeah. So 10 <laughs> years of that person. As if it gets well, better, but it doesn't, yeah. Because I, I think, like, I, I, I remember thinking, like, what is the best case scenario? If I stay here and everything goes perfectly, mm. what will be happening? And, like, I'll be round that corner, <laughs> much older than I am now, having been here for ages. I'll still be looking at a very similar laptop, just looking at slightly different spreadsheets. You've only got of, one screen as well. I've got, I've one screen, yeah. Oh, they have, sometimes they give them, a, a like, VGA to VGA. Oh, cool. Or okay. HDMI now. Um <laughs> But, like, a lot more responsibility, a lot more money, but, like, same building, longer hours, more, like, your life's exactly the same. Mm. Just when, in the time that you have when you get home, before you go to bed, like, if you want, you can buy, like, really posh things online. Mm-hmm. And then at the like weekend... Like seltzer water. Like seltzer, like, <laughs> loads of it. And then, like, you can go on nice holidays. So, in, the, in, like, the 25 days a week that they give you... A year. Sorry, yeah. 25, <laughs> I wish. That would be mint. Yeah. 25 days a year that you can spend out of the work... You can go somewhere that costs you more money. So I spent all of my like holiday time, like standing in surgery, like shadowing surgery. Oh, it was like God. a pre, pre-application thing. But, oh, did you have a nice holiday? You're like, yeah. Watch loads of um, academics and kidneys. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if the best case scenario isn't like, wow, then like, what's the point? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Like you might as well. So I, I thought like, I'm just going to position myself in something where I'm like, if that really works out, that'll be class mm. that's the George McGill approach isn't it like what what decision would produce the most luck and just going that's <laughs> yeah. such a great metric well I'm like 
you in a job you have someone decides your upside for you and your upside is on a trajectory you can't really accelerate like you can't do a year faster yeah how fast is the trajectory like there's three years to qualifying and then it's like normally two years and you make manager and then it's a certain amount of time manager and you make and obviously yeah and most people leave that's the business Mm. model but it's so it's so weird isn't it like that your progression because there's so many people creaming off the top and because progression is based in a lot of bureaucratic organisations based on seniority, not on capability. It's based on time served a lot of the time. Because yeah. otherwise, like, you would employ grads and then the smartest grad, you would just take him up here and give him the biggest, like, if he's legitimately smarter than all the management, then, like, why would you not promote him? But he's got to have the well, time. Experience. But, well, yeah, but there's, there are points at which, like, experience is outpaced by yeah. intelligence. Mm. But the this idea that like you can't really accelerate that. So you're going to be in there for that amount of time anyway. Mm. If you don't really like that, then I don't know. I think it's a lot to do with the way that people are wired and yeah, I hope that people aren't getting like triggered by, well, like you can be, but this is just our experience. Though, it's the way that I'm, um, it's the way that, and it's the fact that all three of us are wired the same way, but I think a lot mm. more people are than, than think uh, that they are. I certainly like a lot of my friends are working in accountancy jobs and, you know, seem to, at least they don't say to me, mm. like, I hate it, but I'm, I'm not suppressing my feelings. Like, they seem to like it. Mm. And I, we disagree on it. But, you know... That's a preference. That's a preference, yeah. yeah. Like, I they, think it, it, it's, it's interesting that I feel like I get a lot of judgment about what I'm doing. I judge them, I suppose. But, like, as long as they enjoy it, mm. I think it's great. So I think maybe, going back to the Daniel Sloss jigsaw analogy, like, different people value different things, right? Mm. Like, those people... It was totally like you said about Juju Mufu, that he had a job which facilitated him to do the things he cared about, which happened to be his side projects of um, training and doing acrobatics and other things like that. Other people might really fucking love their family. Their family might be a huge part of their thing. And as long as they've got the money that they need to be able to tick life on and then spend time because they've got a massive family or they really love the brothers and sisters or mum and dad or their boyfriend or girlfriend or future wife or whatever sick like Whereas, that's like, that's that's fantastic we are three slightly autistic um young men with with no family and so what our preferences yeah are doesn't well i need to, to weirdly enough we fill the void i say this all the time like darren my business partner has a family he has two dogs and a wife and now two beautiful big boys i also have a family mine are just businesses mm-hmm. and projects on the side mm-hmm. i have a podcast and I do my modeling and I do traveling and I do, you know, to yeah. roll it out. I do property and blah, blah. Like that's, that is my surrogate family because I think that a lot of people have this pent up, um, forward momentum that they need to invest into something and they might invest it into dog football team, some yeah. sort of passion. They might invest it into family, um, like growth of the home unit, whatever it might be or they might invest it into business. And it's weird that there is, you're right, there's this weird sort of value judgment about, well, the Gary V hustle and grind says that you've, you know, if you're not making a business, then it's fucking bullshit, mate, and you're just working for the man. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, like if you value the stuff that's outside of working for the man, crack on, because yeah. the man's going to facilitate you. Because you can turn up to work, you have to do something catastrophically fucking shit to not get a paycheck. At the end of the month. You, have to get, you literally have to get fired, yeah. which is actually a legal process, which is a nightmare. Like to fire someone is difficult. 
lemon. Lemon <laughs> pickle. Um, the, what was I about to say? Oh yeah, I think the, so there's, there's definitely judgments both sides. So like, I think entrepreneurs judge people in jobs because like, like, like working for the man, struggle. mate. Yeah, and like people in jobs judge, judge entrepreneurs because they're like, oh, waste man, like they never do anything. Yeah. But I think the, the only time I think it's a shame on both sides is when people are doing something and they're just like shagging their short term everything because they are so entran- entranced by this idea that like when I earn X, I will, it'll, y. Be, it'll all be brilliant. And like something that's, that happens when you are running your own business is you're exposed to like when you, when you're earning salary, like you get like two grand, two grand, two grand, two grand, like, yeah, you get a bit of savings and maybe get a bonus. Mm. But when you're an entrepreneur, like you might, you, your revenue no grand no Re- grand <laughs> this but then revenue might be this and it might be this so like this month and you, you I don't think you know this maybe you do this is the biggest revenue month we've ever had in propane man and, congratulations well yeah but like I, I don't care and I thought I would like I remember the entire time doing this thinking like when we pass X mm. I'll be so but like I'm, I live in a reality where you're, it's proven that it just doesn't affect anything. Like there's a number on a spreadsheet somewhere that's different and it's past a mark that you set for yourself arbitrarily. When you think of your life like that and you think like, well, what would be different? Like I'd wake up and I'd have a coffee and I, I already buy the coffee. Yeah. Would I buy a nicer coffee? Well, I mean, I, I don't have a coffee at all, but, um, <laughs> but like, I'm not a nutter. Um, but then are you like, oh, I put on a pair of shoes. Like, would I buy a nice pair of shoes? Okay, if I did, could I buy them now? Changes, like, yeah. You probably could afford all the little upgrades that you want now. Like Mr. Money Mustache. Oh, yeah. Well, he says just, just get the upgrades immediately. As soon or like, as he like as has like a really nice coffee and a really nice piece of chocolate. And it costs him like a quid more. Yeah. Right. But his quality of life is like way So then if, you, yeah. if, you, if your income was to double... What would you do? What else would you do? Yeah, yeah, so this yeah, is right. something that I think about a lot and it's <clears throat> something I've talked about a lot as well. It's a shame that I've not done this at the start of the podcast, but the uh, relative difference between how materialistic you are and your means to be able to get that end mm-hmm. is one of the biggest determinants, I think, in terms of someone's satisfaction, Absolutely. especially now. Yeah. Like if, so if you're very materialistic, but you don't have the means, big, big sadness. Catastrophe. Mm. Like if you, if you've, because I don't know, I don't know whether you could class it as like a a genetic predisposition, but it's certainly something that your family will have instilled in you. If your family um, always bought nice things, if there was a an atmosphere of keeping up with the Joneses, if prudence was kind of looked down on or just wasn't something that was drilled in, then you are going to have a, a higher natural level of spending than we do. Like all of us here are quite scrimpers and savers, um, and if that's you, you need to get your fucking nose to the grindstone because you're going to be unhappy. Because if you there have is a high preference for for spending stuff. Yeah. If you like nice things, if you always have to have Gucci sliders and you always have to have that sort of stuff, you better hope that you're going to get a fucking good job. Well, the fact because... that I walked in in this t-shirt and you both were like, "That's not your t-shirt." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Says I, I find I spend a lot less on stuff I thought I'd spend money on. So I thought I'd spend money on like constantly getting new clothes and like constantly like I thought I would have like lapped up the latest laptops and all that sort of stuff but actually the stuff I spend like disproportionate amounts of money on it's like fucking 
Training Co- courses. Co- yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and yeah. I do have moments where I'm like, well, why am I doing this? And it's not because I can earn more money so I can buy more courses. Yeah, it's, I just like find it really interesting. And when you just... When you're just like in a world where it's just all just really interesting. Well, you always make you, a return on, on investing in yourself. In anyway. some way. So yeah. especially business coaching or business. Yeah. Like or any, anything like Unless that. you buy the £4,000 down to £350. Um, <laughs> oh. What was that one? Oh, the, like the ultimate bundle. Yeah. Yusuf bought, Yusuf bought a bundle. Um, oh, got, he just got God. fully upsold. <laughs> Went on a website. I think 50 Oh, right. oh right. but yeah. it was like down to down to down to this. It's yeah. like one nine 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 seven nine point eight percent off or something. Yeah. Just, um, for reason. So yeah, materialism and means to achieve that or to get to that is like a real big thing, and I, I'm I'm very thankful that I don't have that. But I've had the same car now for four and a half years. Mm. I think as long as I've no, I had a Renault. Renault oh, Black yeah, yeah, and there was an RS, and then after that I had the Audi soft top, and then I've got this. But like, it's to the point where I'd, for, I'd forgotten you had forgotten yeah, those cars. Yeah. 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 So it's been it's been that time, but in that same time I've got four houses. Yeah, like because for me, and even that's not about wealth creation. It's about I am liberating myself from uh, industry which is very fickle, and I just feel like you barbelled. Yeah, I'm less less at the mercy of something. That's like that. But yeah, the... Well, what we'd all do in companies that, like, hockey-sticked and, and went mental growth-wise would not be all by Lamborghinis. We'd probably all be like, right, like, who can we bring into the team? Like, what? Like, let's get this office, because it'd be cool to all... We might get one Lamborghini. Maybe, like, maybe to, we'll share one. Yeah. But, like, but do you yeah, know so what I mean? Like, you wouldn't get one, would you? <laughs> <laughs> if you had £50 million, pounds, it would you get a Lamborghini? That, it does interest me, that. Like, what is the amount... At which that uh, seems reasonable. Like what percentage of your ass of your total net worth yeah. would you? Yeah. That's a very good question. Once another time, I think. Mm. Um, Let's do it as the next thought experiment in business one hundred and three. How much money does Yusuf have to have <laughs> to spend um, any of it frivolously? God, I just had another point. Oh yeah, so all of us have been in situations. So, your is your trading story? It's on. On yeah, some life like fails, isn't it? So like you were you were put in a position that again. So like the reason I referenced the revenue thing is I just don't think. Unless you, like, have this big windfall, like, inheritance or something. Mm. People aren't presented with, like, X amount of money and then 10 times that so- suddenly. Like, it doesn't really happen in life. Mm. But if we've all been in a situation where something like that's happened, mm. has it affected your happiness? Mm. Like, have you, have you suddenly thought, like, oh, I'm so much happier. Life's complete now. Well, I don't need it, to do anything else. Like, yeah, there's that, yeah, that really well-cited study in America, isn't it? I think it's $75,000 in America or 58000 £58,000 per year is the point at which an increase in salary essentially has no impact on your amount of happiness. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah. £58,000. You hear that and you think, bollocks. Fuck off, man. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, It's quite scary. And everyone's pitching for everyone's like driving towards... Especially people who are already over that, who are still going for more, Mm. even though data suggests... (laughs) And their past experience, like which is even more valuable (laughs) to those people, but... Yeah. Crazy. So I suppose if, you've, if you're if you in a job, you're thinking about leaving it, and you've experienced a pay rise, and your happiness hasn't increased in proportion to the pay rise, leave. There we go. Yeah. Um, any Part other any other points? I am so, not professional. Do not take my advice. Yeah. Serious advice. Yeah. So, you know, like um, Daniel Sloss has the number of divorces and breakups that Jigsaw 
has caused in his Twitter oh, bio. God. Like, if we start totting up the number of people that have left their jobs to go, Ooh. do not ring me, I repeat, <laughs> do not ring me and tell me that you've left your job because of this. Have a strong and frank discussion with all of your friends and then message me at Chris Willex on all or social media. enroll at Propane Business and we'll teach you how to we, We've had a lot of people that have quit their jobs over the last yeah. few months Legit. just because their revenue just completely... It's so ballsy. But this, so the other thing as well to consider, which is a total other element to this, is most jobs, in the same way that Juju Mufu had his, most normal jobs that don't take up too much of your time will not prohibit you from starting a business outside. Yeah. Like, so we, why can you not? Because the inevitably, the first two years, no matter how fucking good your business is, the first year of it, especially if you've never done business before, the first two to three years of it, you're going to see growth at a pace which is so slow, it's fucking unrecognizable. You see losses. Mm. Most, most of the time, statistically, you'll see big losses in the first year. Definitely. Yeah. Like, Lots of business are lost making up to a million quid revenue. <laughs> Bonkers. <laughs> Bonkers. Like, like big businesses. Like that, you remember the, the book? There's a book, there's yeah, a really yeah. well known book called Ready Fire Aim, which talks about like challenge from zero to a million, acquiring a base of customers to generate a, a million in revenue. But you'd be lost making. <laughs> but a challenge from a million to 10 million, just trying to become profitable. Fuck me. Like, I can't get my head around it. But yeah, like, you're right. Like, you can't, there, there's, there are things you can wake up and do in your 10 hour day, how long you want to work, but that's not going to make the business grow any faster yeah. chances are unless you're doing like really revenue generating things so that's one of the things people are saying about the podcast oh hey man like so what you know what are you going to do you're going to you're going to like start doing start doing that more yeah, like ads on yeah and like well what do you mean more like what's more like produce more than two episodes a week there's an open yeah. limit on how much time people can listen and i think that's about twice a week if i'm wrong tell me but i don't think i'm i'm not wrong um so, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah, upgrade the fucking production quality, but that's just a, a, a matter of investing in kit. Mm. What would I... Like, if I was doing the fucking podcast full-time, what would I do? What would you do differently? Just write up loads of really, really fucking well-prepped notes. Mm. That's why the top podcasts are not purely profit-based. Like, they are... They, they started and probably still are very much passion projects for yeah. people, and... You know, like the Joe Rogan one kind of has become profitable as a result, but mm. I'm sure he's turned away a lot of sponsors and things. Mm. Been tr- someone's tried to put him onto a exclusive podcast network. So, you know, like oh, iHeartRadio right. or, uh, right, or really? something like you have to, you have to download the app to listen to Joe Rogan. Like, and it, that would be worth to any company. It would be worth a stupid amount of money. So it'd be great for him personally, but he's, he's, he's beyond, probably beyond the 58,000 pounds of income. But it would be great for him personally, but terrible for his legacy. Yeah. Do you know he's, I mean? at, he's at a point where like brand is more important than revenue really in terms like short term. I think it's always been that way. I just, I but as it, even, even if you were viewing it purely financially, if it was like, oh, yeah. do we make the decision short term? But he can monetize harder. Yeah. Even if it was financial, he could, yeah. there would have to be, it would be an inordinate amount of money. Yeah. Like Arab Sheikh money. Oh, right. you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. billions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a side point, have you seen the video where someone's cut all of the times that Donald Trump has said the word billions? I have, yeah. Billions, billions and billions, billions yeah. and billions. It'd be hours long, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's about 10 minutes long. It's lots of billions. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I remember hearing Jim Wendler, who made 531, like the, the strength program on the internet. He, like, he did like a 30 minute video about like business and he's a super like 
Like, no bullshit, man. Being potatoes. Like, big, bald, bearded powerlifter, done lots of drugs, very honest about it, extremely strong, squatted a thousand pounds. Like, you know, a thousand solid. A thousand solid ass. You don't get to that point by, like, getting sucked in by fads. Like, that man has squatted until he's squatted a thousand pounds. And he just said, when you're starting, just don't do it for income. Don't do it to be your income source because you just make decisions that prioritize getting money in now over the long-term trajectory, which is why we, we talk about like, have your freedom number, the number that you have, the revenue has to get to feel like, right. I could leave if I wanted to. So know what that is for you. Like know what your costs are, build your business to that point, And then either you've doubled your income or great. You can leave and maintain your income. Also great. Like mm. zero downside, infinite upside. It's a really nice little rule. Uh, well, I hope that we've, it's a massive one. I hope that we've helped some people in understanding where they're at with their career and stuff like that at the moment. Uh, I think we had some questions, didn't we? We have had some questions submitted. I promise that we will get round to them. We might have to peel off a little bit of Business Principles 103 so that we can do them. Any stuff that you want us to speak about, whatever the topics are, whatever the issues are that you're encountering with career or business, feel free to leave it in the comments below. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call, to have an informal chat with you, or I, to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propinfitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.